Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, as per the huge these days, is in studio. Yeah. No more Skype. No, I, I don't want to do that now that I'm uh, less than a week away from walking. So. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm very happy Thank for you. you. Do you have to get some pins out or something? Is that? I got to get a couple screws out of my leg. Okay. Yeah, but that's yeah. so... I I think it's next week on when, or Monday... Go see the doc. Then I'm walking for two weeks, and then they're going to schedule the surgery to take the screws out. Got it. Got it. Well, I'm, I'm happy. This has been a long, a long journey. Yeah, three and a half months. Yeah. It's like ruined my whole summer. And you, not only that, but you like you, you left the job and you got a new job. Yeah. So you started this new job as a cripple. Yeah, and I milked that one. Just oh yeah, you yeah. can't discriminate against handicapped people. Of course so, not. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, that's. Uh, Take advantage of that while you can, and it sounds like you'll you'll take advantage of your handicap parking spot. Until oh my! No, actually, more than anything that I'm gonna hold on to is I'm gonna keep my boot and scooter. And um, so when you go to the uh, Secretary of State, and for all those that don't live in Michigan, the DMV, whatever you want to call it, um, basically, th- like around here, the wait is usually like five six hours anywhere in Secretary of State. It's insane. It's yeah, ridiculous, right? And even some of them have like you can text ahead to get in line but you're still waiting like six hours anyways yeah yeah well you can text ahead to get in line and then when they're like hey you're you're next yeah all it means is that you move into this giant queue and <laughs> right. it's going to be another hour yeah but you have to be there to get into the queue right so when i went in Nuts. uh in my birthday in august i ended up getting in uh at 12 o'clock p.m and i ended up not getting seen till about 6 30 right holy smokes yeah so what i i went with like when i had like half an hour left in my wait in line right and i walked in or i rolled in there basically on my knee scooter and saw that they had a handicap line with one person in line so i rolled over there and got in and out in five minutes wow so i'm like you know yeah. what i'm gonna hang on to this stuff because next time i gotta go back i'm just gonna go on the handicap just line put, oh wow <laughs> just cheat my way through hey, that long i wait. mean so Cedar Point, another good spot to do that. Yeah, yeah. You get to go to the front of all the lines. Well, okay. So uh, now that we've hashed that out, uh, we are you know, going through each division in the NHL. We've already ranked the Atlantic Division, the Pacific Division, uh, and now we come to the Central Division, uh, quite possibly the powerhouse of the NHL. Uh, it's possible that all seven of these teams could make the playoffs given the right scenario and also if if some of these bottom teams in this division were in other divisions they may finish towards the the you know in the the three spot in that division that's how good this division is and so uh with that said we do know that there was there was quite a bit of flipping uh with these teams last year i i do have a, you i know you didn't you didn't find your standings from last year but i will tell you mine and you can you can rebuke me because <laughs> i was an idiot uh, i have some sh- funny show notes from this too uh, i had nashville one yep i was right on that one so did i dallas two wrong i think i had them up there as well i had minnesota three so not not too far off they made the playoffs nope i had them i think right around five so i had winnipeg at four so also we're in the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. I was right about that one. Uh, Chicago, five, not too far off. Yeah, and um, I think I had Chicago and Winnipeg swapped there with yours. Uh-huh. But. And then I had St. Louis at six. And the team that a lot of people thought would compete with Vegas for the bottom, the Colorado Avalanche. Yep, same. Yeah, so uh, I my, mine look much different than it did last year. Other than Nashville being up at the top, uh, mine are going to change a little bit. So 
With that said, oh, also, I do want to read you these show, this show note. Ooh, please. I have, under the St. Louis Blues, Braden Shen trade, in all caps, very overrated. Third line <laughs> center who gives up a lot of shots. Stop it. <laughs> so uh, I, was, I was wrong on that one. Uh, but I was right about Tyler Ennis, just another bottom pairing guy. Yep. He ended up fading out. And uh, also... Alexander Radulov, I did say he'd be a good replacement for Sharp and that uh, he was well below his career shooting percentage, and uh, he he got that up last year. And so uh, I was right about a few things. Just, you know, struggled when it came to everything else. That's all. Well, hey, I don't think anybody, when it came to Braden Shen and Sean Couturier, a couple third-line centers that kind of just exploded offensively, I don't think many people thought that was really going to happen anyway, so... Can't blame you for that. Yeah, that's well. And the if you remember, this was actually our first show was yes, rating was. the Central Division and top goalies uh, and top goalies. Yeah. And we, I, I made a point to hammer Alexi Emelin. <laughs> uh, he went from Montreal, signed in Nashville. He was kind of that like replacement for Ryan Ellis while he recovered from his injury that he sustained in the playoffs. Yep, and. Uh, I said on here, Alexei Emelin, not even a third-pairing defenseman. And I was right on that, too. Yeah, you were. So, yeah. uh, Okay, well, with that said, let's move on to our Central Division rankings for 2018-19 season. All right. Uh, okay, well, let's, let's start with your number seven. Number you know, seven. Same team that finished at the bottom this season, the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. Yes. Don't think that they're going to... Uh, Define magic again. Well, so for me, it, it boiled down to they really didn't and they weren't able to because of their cap situation that, again. Uh, they weren't able to add a lot of pieces. They're, again, trying to hope that a lot of younger kids come up and play and improve themselves. Um, I, uh, You know, Alex Dabrinkit, he's, he's going to be fantastic this year. I think he's probably going to lead Chicago in points, if not, you know, Patrick Kane maybe. It'll be one of those two guys. But, um, you know, Duncan Keith slowing down Brent Seabrook. I don't have a lot of faith that he'll recover back to his old form. Playing together again. Are they? In the preseason they have been. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and honestly from what from what I hear about Corey Crawford, he's they say he's close, quote unquote, to being back, but that concussion stuff is so tricky when it comes to goaltenders because they're taking so many shots to the head already. You know, you got to play it safe. I know they had him recently, I think this past week in a practice just taking shots below the waist. Well, I've also heard that uh, in order to cash in on your insurance, you have to try to play. Okay, and maybe so that's that it. There's, uh, I, it doesn't mean that it's fact, but that is well, that's a fact. That in order to mm-hmm. cash your insurance on your contract, uh, let's say he were to, you know, he he had sustained an injury and it stops him from playing. Mm-hmm. In order to cash in on that, he has to prove that he can't play. Okay, so if he, if he proves he can't play. Uh, so some of that would be coming back to training camp and trying to play. Right. Uh, not saying that he won't come back. I, I personally think he will come back. And Yeah, uh, I think he'll come back eventually, but when is the big question? And I think, you know, the rest of the teams in the Central, like we said, this is the toughest division in the NHL. And I think a lot of the other teams in this division are getting better, improving, or just staying where they are. They're not necessarily going to drop down at all. And I think Chicago, to me, just with the injury to goaltending, the lackluster defense, and I don't have a ton of faith in Jonathan Taves turning it around point-wise. Same with Brandon Saad. I don't think those two are going to be 
you know, the same kind of magic they were a few years ago. Um, and, and again, you know, if Cam Ward's got to take the bulk of the starts, I, I think that's disastrous for this team. So that's why I have them at seven. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe you have a shot. Anton Forsberg kind of finds some of that potential, but it's to me, that's unlikely. I, I have Chicago at six. Okay. So we're not too far off yep. there. Uh, so who's your number seven? My number seven is the Minnesota Wild. Okay. So to me, Minnesota and the Minnesota Wild, out of any team that finished last place, in any division for me in my rankings, this is the best team. Yeah, I well, I, I have the I number actually, six. So. I actually, I do think they're better than Chicago. Uh, I just, um, I guess, more or less, just kind of thought that, eh, like, arbitrarily, kind of said, well, I think they're actually going to finish last. Uh, it's no. it, it, these two teams. I think are when I look at this division, I see three tiers. For most divisions, there's three tiers. You've got mm-hmm. your top two or three teams. You've got your middle teams that usually consists of two two teams that, or three teams that might compete for that wild card, and then you have the rest. So to yeah. me, Chicago and Minnesota make up the bottom tier of this division, and uh, bo- both those teams. I mean, there's still a lot of star power. I mean, you're still talking Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, who both look really good. So far, they look good in training camp and yada yada. You know, we all you hear, yep, yep, you hear that from everybody. Oh yeah, they look great. They came back. They're refreshed. Uh, I don't hate the Chris Kunitz signing. I think that Chris Kunitz was really good for Sidney Crosby when he played with them. Oh, for sure. Can maybe this move? I mean, he's been playing with Taves in the preseason. Has he? So well, good. I mean, there, I guess there's a chance. Well, Kunitz, he'll play everywhere though. He'll go. I mean, sure, he can literally. He'll sure. go in the corners. He'll go in front of the nuts. So. You know, that's that's definitely something I think Jonathan Taves needs. And you've seen what he's been he can keep up with the superstars. So Yeah, yeah. And well and and he can get into the corners and he can do what you need him to do. Right. Uh I, I don't I don't mind the Brandon Manning signing out of Philadelphia. I think that he's serviceable for your bottom pairing. Sure. Uh they were able to you know, it's it's either him or Adam Boakvist, if Boakvist can make the team yeah. drafted at eight overall. Uh which most likely to me, he is from Sweden. So the nice thing is, is that you can send him down to the AHL. You nice. don't have to worry about sending him to a junior team. So mm-hmm. to me, that uh, that would be the advantage of him. Like if you can send him down to the American Hockey League, then you do it because this team For isn't sure. going to be that good. Uh, you might be able to bring him up halfway through the year if you're not afraid of burning that first year of eligibility on right. your entry level deal. But to me, the biggest question marks. Can Duncan Keith find his form again? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had what two goals last year or something like that. Yeah, he'll oh, he'll goal. definitely was, score more than it that. It was uh, sure. it was a long haul to get him to get. Yeah, him I think goals. it took him like fifty games to score his first goal. But he played all eighty two games. Seabrook play, played eighty one. So mm-hmm. health is not an issue. You know, Taves uh, Taves played seventy four. Not bad. Debrink eighty two. Sod eighty two. Kane eighty two. So your main guys generally are able to stay healthy and that is a certainly if this team if this team is a shot at the playoffs which i do think that there is there's a chance you know Corey crawford comes back and he plays like he did last sure. year yeah absolutely then absolutely. this team could uh could surprise us uh I yeah mean, and if i mean if we had a healthy Corey crawford right now i probably would have put chicago over minnesota in my standings that's fair and so. and i i think that you know what? What maybe we're looking at November, December. He comes back and sure. then he's refreshed and he can you can play him as much as you want. Uh, and I, well, I don't really like Cam Ward much. He's better than just throwing who whoever in the, with throwing an accountant that's thirty four <laughs> years old and Jeff Glass. Uh, 
no no disrespect, but Jeff Glass or Cam Ward, I think you want Cam Ward, who oh, has at sure. least has some experience. Uh, although one man said it's experience, but it's bad experience. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, so, yeah, Chicago, you have them seven. I have them six. Minnesota. You mean... Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Minnesota. I mean, we both agree they're they're the next worst team in this division, or the worst, depending on yeah, you know where where you want to drop them. I really did nothing in free agency. Brought in J T. Brown, uh, also Greg Paterin from the Dallas Stars. So bottom pairing defenseman, barely, and a fourth line winger as well. They brought in Matt Hendricks and Eric Fair to. Uh, Two guys older. Well, I mean, Hendricks is thirty-seven. Fair is thirty-three. Actually, Fair didn't look too bad in the playoffs with the Sharks. Yeah, no, he year. was all right. He, he's a serviceable guy who you can have on your. You know, you can have him up in the press box and you can throw him out there. But to me, Eric Fair is he's exactly what you don't want as a Minnesota Wild no. fan because he's just another guy that you've plugged in. And to me, that's a lot of this team is just. We've, we're plugging in. We're plugging in. Actually, I I did some checking. I could not find a team with a a top six with three players drafted 2003 or earlier. Wow. I don't think that there's another one out there. So you got Eric Stahl in 03, yep. Zach Parisi in 03, and Miko Koivu in 01. And uh, none of their top six drafted after 2010. That's crazy. You have Coyle, Granlin, and Zucker all drafted in 2010. So, uh, yeah, just a uh, of an older top six. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm going to, over the course of the season, I'm going to wonder, can this team's speed keep up with the rest of this division? Right. And the big question for me is Eric Stahl, right? He's probably not going to put up 40 goals again. Let's be honest. Good luck. I mean, yeah, good, good luck. luck. Exactly. And, you know, Zach Preezy's health is always a concern. Ryan Suter's health is going to be a concern going into this year. Um, I do like their goaltending still. Dubnik and um, what's-his-face, uh, Spurlock. Staylock, I'm sorry. Yeah, I like Staylock. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be great. Um, you know, Matt Dumba, Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodin, still good, serviceable defenseman. I think they'll be fine. Uh, Dumba's going to have to step it up, though, this year if Ryan Suter's health isn't still an issue. He's going to get more minutes. We'll see how that works out. Um, yeah, so do you think that Minnesota trades Eric Stahl before the end of the year, or are they going to try to extend him? Because he's only making three and a half right now. Right, and they said they're going to wait to see how the season goes before they throw an extension his way because they want to see how he performs. And I don't blame them. I mean, at 33, it's a gamble for a guy who, you know, the previous few years before his big season last year was mediocre. So Yeah, he'll be 34 in, like, November, I think. Right, like so you can't toss him more than a two- or three-year extension anyways to begin with. Um, I personally think because this team is going to finish at the bottom, they're probably going to end up trading him. I, I think he'll be the he'll be one of the bigger names. He'll be like the Rick Nash at the deadline. Around. Well, and and it's funny because it was just two years ago that he was the guy being right. sent around by Carolina, and he ended up signing in New York, and it really didn't work out very well. And he kind of went to Minnesota to, to find himself, and it, it ended up working out really well for him. But yep. uh, yeah, and you got to think. That they they could get a little bit for him. I I don't, I don't know if they would get even a, a first third round rounder, for, third rounder, a, like conditional, a second and a prospect or something like yeah, that. Sure. I mean, obviously, if he's a guy, if if we're sitting here and it, we're in January and he already has twenty goals, 
he's he's going to be very valuable oh absolutely market yeah Uh, especially with the experience that he has and and uh you know he does have a stanley cup ring so all that all that does play a factor 20 goals and thomas to targets a first second and third i mean come on (laughs) yeah there you go yeah which thomas Tatar is a little younger a little bit but that experience and sure you know sure uh okay so who do you have at number five Ooh, number five, I have the Dallas Stars. Oh, me too. All right. Well, 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 yeah. Copying off my list. I probably did. Um, <laughs> no. uh, yeah, so Dallas for me, I again, this is another team that didn't really make any big offseason moves. Uh, their biggest one, of course, was getting Tyler Sagan locked to an extension, which was the smartest move they could have done because uh, – I mean, you've said it many times, and I, I think... Nichushkin coming back is going to... Right. That's really their biggest... I mean, uh, yes, Sagan, that whole deal is done. He's yeah. there. Uh, but Nichushkin is the player who wasn't there last year, right. who will be there this year. And yeah, he'll he, be a good second-line guy for them. However, the only problem is, is who's centering that second line? Is it going to be Radek Fosca? Is it going to be Jason Spezza? You know, can Spezza get his form back a little bit? You know, maybe put up a forty-ish point season because his contract's up after this year. Yeah, and this is where you're you're going to have to. I mean, the difference between uh, Ken Hitchcock and Jim Montgomery coming from the mm-hmm. University of uh, Colorado, or not Colorado, uh, Denver. Yep. Right. Uh, the difference in gameplay and the way that they coach is going to be worlds different worlds different yeah. and we know ken hitchcock is a defense. hard ass yeah like and <laughs> and defense 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 and so i think maybe jason spetz has a little more freedom here yeah oh we'll absolutely. see if it results in him being able to, to score but uh i i would love to see a bounce back year for jason spetz i think that he's a I would he's too. a good guy you know sometimes there's just those players that you root for them because of who they are as a human being. And he, he's one of those guys. He's always been uh, a guy that just people respect. Uh, and I think that if he's put, I mean, put him with a Nichushkin, if Nichushkin can come back and play as well as people think that he can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they do have a nice top, not, uh, well, top six, but there's, you know, once there's you. some pieces that could be good. Yeah. In their bottom six. Yeah. I mean, you and you also. Defensively speaking, you've got Essa Lindell, John Klingberg, and uh, Julius Honka is a guy who everyone's expecting to step up into the lineup. Yep. And so then from there, you know, Mar- Mark Mathot, you know what you're getting with him. If Roman Polak stays on this team, you know exactly what you're getting from him. And uh, so I think this team has a pretty predictable defense. Uh, John yeah. Klingberg's going to clean up everything he's going to put up big points yeah 50 60 no problem the big wild card for me is Miro Heiskanen whether or not he makes his team I know he's you know he was definitely sought after by Ottawa as part of that Eric Carlson potential trade that was down there and they refused to give him up for Carlson which speaks volumes of what this team thinks of this kid yeah and if uh if Heiskanen can make the team which it's at this point I I'm going to say that he's not going to make the team okay uh there's a chance that maybe he comes up during the year again because he is a European player. He can be, if he's sent down to their AHL team, he can, uh, which I believe is the Texas Stars. If yep. I'm, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, he, he could make a difference later on in the year, but I think that when you're looking at, you've already got uh, Julius Honka trying to make his, find, find in his spot in the lineup. Do you want another 19-year-old uh, I guess I guess Honk is what 21, 22. 22. Yep. Yeah, it's I mean it's a young defense. It's a young defense. So 
I, I think that maybe you're waiting a little bit into the year so that you don't have too many projects on on defense sure. in terms of the young kids. But that's I I still think this team really they could finish in second or third in this division. They could also finish in seventh in sixth. Yeah. I don't know about seventh. I I mean this team you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, and a healthy Ben Bishop is going to go a long way for them too. And the fact that they, I mean, Anton Kudobin had a really good season last year. Yeah, he's a very he good stepped, backup. He stepped in for Tuka Rask when Boston was in trouble because Rask was playing really poorly, yep. and he really took the reins. And so, if Ben Bishop goes down or struggles, they do have somebody that they can trust back there. And maybe you know, you've said it many times on this show how important it is to have a guy behind you to push you. And so maybe Kidoman is exactly what Ben Bishop needs. But I don't think that it's enough to get this team over the hump. Okay. Uh, especially in, into the playoffs. Uh, Tyler Sagan, Radulov, and Ben, are they all going to play together again? Is that, is that how? I, I've heard that they're going to split them up. Yeah, but it's like Boston. They'll probably end up back together anyway. So yeah, most likely. And so, you know. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is basically you're going to get a 4-4 four and four split here in the West. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think that you're most likely we're we're going to see that four and four come come back. Uh, wouldn't surprise but, me, um, but it wouldn't shock me either if Dallas you know makes playoffs here. Sure. You know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're we're talking very much bubble teams. Um, yeah. And you know, really, I think that everything hinges on Jamie Ben. Sure. I don't think Jamie Ben had a had a, as good of a season as uh, as he would have liked to last season, and so I think that if he can. If he can find that heart trophy way of playing again, I mean, he, you know, the year that he won the heart trophy was kind of a strange year. I think he won it with eighty-seven points. Yeah, four hundred. Uh, he won the Art Ross too, and it was it was like the lowest point total to lead the league in scoring in well, I don't know how many years, and so yeah. outside of lockouts. So yeah, uh, but if he can find that form again, be a guy who puts up eighty-five to ninety points. Uh, then Dallas is probably a playoff team. So, I mean, pretty much you need you need Ben playing out of his mind, and you need Jason Spezza to find a way to get 50 points yep. to me if this team is going to make the playoffs. For sure. Or Faxa takes another really big step. I mean, he was... There were a lot of people talking about him for the uh, for the Selkie last year for the best defensive forward. Yeah, he was good, and I think he's better suited for a third line spot. But you know, who knows? I mean, we said the same thing about Braden Shen, so there you go. Yeah, uh, right now playing alongside Blake Como. Yeah, not going to help his point total very much, uh, but <laughs> but I, but maybe a you know Blake Como decent penalty killer. Sure, uh, but okay. So let's uh, let's skip ahead to four. Our number four. Well, I'm sure it's the same again. Uh, I got Colorado. Okay, yep. yep. Colorado Avalanche. We might as well just do this together. Uh, why do you have Colorado at four and not, you know, four is where they finished last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Blues in the final game of the season to make the playoffs. Why not have them taking another step? Well, honestly, I don't think they they have enough depth pieces, in my opinion, to really push themselves back. Um, to push themselves ahead of the teams like St. Louis, Winnipeg, and Nashville, who you know the both of us have ahead of them, um, sure. I do think their best and smartest move was bringing in Philip Grubauer this off season. What a trade! Um, yeah, basically just hey, we'll take Grubauer and buy out Orpik, and yeah, here you, exactly. go. you can take Orpik back. I mean, it was right. And the weird thing is, everybody last year giving you know Joe Sakic all this this negativity for not getting rid even of even we did on this yeah. show we and ripped him to shreds absolutely and he came out and made one of the best trades for this team getting rid of duchene and bringing in some good pieces back um 
And then he comes right back with this Grubauer trade in the offseason, which is going to be great because, honestly, I don't have a lot of faith in Varlamov staying healthy, whether he's going to return anyways. And Grubauer proved himself that he's capable of being a number one and sure. you know handling that kind of a role. Um, now, whether he can do it for a full season or if he's just meant to be a starter in spurts, I mean, obviously, we'll see now. Because um, I, I think he's going to be given the reins here over Varlarmov. I think they're going to hope that he comes out and takes sure. the starter. Well, and at the very least, they're going to go a 1A, 1B. Sure. Varlamov, the free agent at the end of the year, uh, they're definitely going to be thinking long term here. And uh, yeah. now, is there a scenario where. So we both have Colorado in the playoffs. I mean, I. That yep. top line of McKinnon, Landis, Cog, and Randon so, is so sick. Just nasty. I think this might end up being the best line in all of hockey this year. Okay. So now, now when I look at this team, if let's forget about what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Last year was uh, it was it was nothing short of a miracle in in terms of the way they played the year before, and then to come back the next year with, I mean, what a month into the season you lose Duchesne. Yeah. And they were rolling with Duchesne. They were yeah. doing really well, and they traded him. So now this team, I mean, they're, they're, they're second, third-line center, JT Comfer and Carl Soder, Soderberg, right? Mm-hmm. So once we get beyond McKinnon, we're not looking at a whole lot of depth at center, which is something that has traditionally been very important for a top team, sure. uh, which I think is why we have the teams that we have over them, over them, and, and the teams we have under them, under them, you know? Uh, Minnesota really without much star power in terms of their center position, and I think that it's the reason why they've really struggled. Uh, and Chicago, Jonathan Taves is supposed to be, but he really hasn't been the last year or two. He really hasn't been the, the guy. Right. Uh, so when you look at this lineup, and I look at it just just based off of what I see, I see a decent defense. You mm-hmm. know, they, they have Samuel Gerrard, a great piece in that Duchesne yep. trade, and he played really well down the stretch. Ian Cole, a great addition. I like that. Ian Adam Cole was pair. a really good signing, yep. And then you've got Eric Johnson and Zadora playing together, and that pairing was fine. Uh, and then Patrick Nemeth, Tyson Berry, we've got Mark Barbario. Just say Barbershop. Bar- Mark Barbershop. This team, to me, on paper at least... It does have some question marks. I mean, that Comfort, Carefoot, Yost line, Tyson mm-hmm. Yost, uh, should be really good. Should. Might be the best, like, you know, third third line in the league if that's how they choose to deploy them. Uh, I, I I think that's their second line, Their honestly. second line, yeah, yeah. And then you've got Soderbergh, Niemo, Nieto, Andrigetto. Maybe uh, you're throwing a Colin Wilson in on that line. I look at this team, though, and I go... I don't think they're that close to making the playoffs. I don't think they're that close to falling out completely. Sure, yeah. McKinnon doesn't have the kind of season he did last year, which I hope he does. But yeah, he's exciting to watch. Something with this te- like this team to me is very like. What happens if they look more like they did two years ago? Because it's not that different of a team. Oh, for sure. Just it's just confidence, right? And adding in a couple younger pieces, which certainly helps. But uh, to yeah. me, if there's one team that I could see. You know, that last year we had Vegas, New Jersey, and Colorado all take a step. Mm-hmm. I You could see all three of them taking a step backwards this year. Oh, sure, absolutely. And injury would play a big part in that, too. You get McKinnon out or, you know, even Rottenen out for a length of time, and this team could really suffer in the standings. So, yeah, no one in their, uh, no one in their top 12 
in forwards played all 82 games. In fact, no one in their lineup played all 82 games last year. Wow. Okay. Did not know that. Yes. Only so. one player played over 80 games, and that was Miko Rantanen. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you get their tops, anybody in their top six out for a length of time, it could really really do some damage to this team. And like you said, it could be a situation where they just completely, the ball drops and they just fall right off the map. But um, I'm hoping they finish in fourth. They're exciting to watch for me, especially that top line. So getting them in the playoffs would be great. And they actually played a pretty good series against Nashville. So, you know. Yeah, they they made it a series. Yeah, they did. They made it a series. Everybody thought, and I thought initially that Nashville was going to run right over them. Just push them out in four like bye yep. see ya yep so and and they held their own so a lot of a lot of very interesting games where colorado just got the jump on them real quick and yep okay uh well number four number three have, we have the colorado avalanche number three yep i have the st louis blues same all right yeah. this is uh you'd think we did this together maybe we should have <laughs> gone over this together and then like just changed it hey great minds. great minds. but that's okay uh the colorado uh sorry the st louis blues at three uh they are probably the most different from yeah. last year a lot of moves of, uh just their roster as a whole of course bringing in ryan o'reilly moving out patrick berglund and uh who, who else was in that tyler bozak who else was in, in that trade uh, uh saboka yeah and then David Perron coming back home to St. Louis, uh, who he may play alongside Braden Shen and uh, Jaden Schwartz. Yep. And moving Tarasenko to that Ryan O'Reilly line, putting and then also bringing in Patrick Maroon, who uh, he's he's a when when I look at Patrick Maroon maybe playing with Tarasenko, and you go Maroon and O'Reilly with Tarasenko. Okay. That's two guys who are going to open up a lot of space for Tarasenko. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which uh, which is a very different way of thinking from last year where you had, you know, you've got Tarasenko playing with Shen and Schwartz where that line was just all speed. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it took away from Tarasenko. Uh, whereas I think these, these other two guys, you almost, the way Ryan O'Reilly, who can skate with anybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but is a very good defensive two-way guy. Uh, can also get into the corners. And Patrick Maroon, of course, is going to be in front of the net all day long. Uh, I think you're going to see maybe a little bit what you saw when Patrick Maroon was playing with Connor McDavid the year before, right. two years ago, You know where he go to the net, pal. 40, 50 points. And, yeah, and yeah. he's able to produce because he cleans up some of the garbage. Everybody's going to be paying attention to Ryan O'Reilly and Tarasenko. And Patrick Maroon has proven that he at least has some hands and can uh, get the job done. On top of that, this team has one of the best third lines oh, yeah. in the NHL uh, with Tyler Bozak, Alex Steen, and Robbie Fabry. Tyler Bozak and Alex Steen did play together, I think, at one point in Toronto. Nice. Uh, yeah. So they were yeah. reunited. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with splitting up Schwartz and Tarasenko. I think when you look at, like, for instance, Brayden Shen, right? We don't think of him as an elite passer, even though his offensive skills were pretty good last year. Um, still think he's a good passer, but... When you got, according to my notes, he's nothing more than an overrated <laughs> third line center. There you go. So when you have, I mean, two goal scoring wingers on each side, you can only give the puck to one guy to score, right? So by splitting these guys up now, maybe you you open up a little bit more opportunities for for each one of them to really put the puck in the back of the net. Is at least what you're hoping, I I would think. So. You know, we know again. Ryan O'Reilly, he creates offense because he wins every single faceoff. And when you have the puck first, you can you know 
obviously put it in the net before right. the other guy. But um, and then Braden Shen, I mean, he's not he's pretty decent two way center himself. So um, yeah, I I think like like you said, the big difference for me with this team is the way they look. I think down the middle, adding a lot of depth at the center position is going to be key for them, um, especially when you have a guy like Tyler Bozek at your third line center position. Sure, who, who's proven he can score goals yeah. and he can play with really talented players. Going to get to play with Fabry, and uh, I think that. The Alex Steen, who's a really good defensive player, I wouldn't put Bozak in that category of being a good defensive player. I think maybe that helps him. Uh, but we haven't even talked about Robert Thomas yet. Oh, for sure. Who who could end up being a Calder candidate uh, if he, assuming he makes this team, which it looks like he will uh, right now. Just places have him on the fourth line. Uh, I think that when all is said and done, he could actually surplant. Tyler Bozak as that third line center. Uh, Tyler Bozak is going to get power play time. Yeah, I think you're going to put him on the power play because he's able to. Uh, well, you're giving him five million a season. You got to sure give sure. him time. You're going to you're going to let him figure it out. But Robert Thomas is the future for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, it seems as though he will be a guy who ends up in their top six, whether it be at the center position or the or the wing. You know, and and that's the other thing is you've got. David Perron could move up and down the lineup easily. Yeah, absolutely. Know, he doesn't have to play on that first first pairing. Yeah, and they've got three guys at that bottom six right now. Like you said, Robert Thomas being one of them, but an Ivan Barbashev and Robbie Fabry, guys who have played center position before. Sure. Yes. So having three guys like that where you can mix and match them on the wing, in the center, wherever you want, just opens up so many possibilities for, for the Blues. Yeah, this team, whole first line is all first-round draft picks. Tarasenko's a first-round draft pick. Two first-round draft picks in that third line, and then one in the second, or uh, one in the fourth line. So yeah. a ton of first-round draft picks, not to mention two on their blue line. Uh, it, this team is just absolutely loaded with high-end talent. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. I think this team could surprise, and they could they could bump out a Nashville or a Winnipeg. They could, and I, the biggest question mark for me is Jake Allen. Is sure. he going to find his form? You Which know, is exactly I, why they brought in Chad Johnson. Right, exactly. And I'm I'm not so confident in Chad Johnson. Um, I mean, he didn't look so great last year in Buffalo, but, I mean, who did anyways? Let's be honest. Fair. Um, but Jake Allen, the last couple of years, ever since Brian Elliott left, he struggled to – I mean, they've basically given him the keys to the, the net and said, hey, this is yours now, take it. And yep. he struggled to keep it. Yeah. Um, he maybe took advantage, like, you know, maybe it was that, oh, I have it. I don't need to try as hard. And right, and maybe there's a situation out. where he really does need somebody pushing him. You know, I think Chad Johnson's going to want to get back to form. Sure. You know, where he was, and so... Well, maybe, and I don't, I don't even know if it was that he wasn't in form. I think that it was... Right, okay. Buffalo. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see, but... Um, yeah, so maybe now Chad Johnson can push him a little bit more, because, um, let's be honest, they don't really have a ton of goaltenders in the minors to be like, hey... We got this sure. next guy coming, so sure. Yeah, I mean, it, when you think about what Buffalo's done to some guys, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly said he stopped loving hockey because of yeah, playing in Buffalo. Hurts. Robin Lehner is just ripped up and down, and then we find out, oh, the guy's been struggling with bipolar and all, you know. Mm -hmm. And so somewhere along the line, people are dropping balls everywhere in Buffalo. Like I, I do think that they're figuring it out, uh, but. There, there's a lot of question marks about like when when you consistently see guys leaving a team and saying like I, I no yeah, then that's a culture no problem. more <laughs> exactly yeah 
So I think that getting into St. Louis seems to be a place where players can go and find refuge. Yeah, and there's not much <laughs> pressure for them to go out and win, too. I mean, the fan base there is great, but not a lot of people outside of St. Louis really you know, are honing in on this team. Sure. So you don't have that pressure. Like in Buffalo, they're a huge – I mean, every season, if even when Buffalo is not in the playoffs, their television market yeah. share is second highest next to Pittsburgh yes. usually. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, we really, really haven't even touched the defense on this team, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, up there in the top five or six of the league, uh, with Petrangelo and and uh, Pareko, both fantastic. Yeah, and they have some really good young players that don't get a lot of love either. They're underrated, like Joel Edmondson or yep. Robert Bortuzzo. Yep. Even I would give him a little love too. Yeah, and uh, Vince Dunn, there's another big name that I think he's going to be an, a, a great piece to kind of push Jay Bomeister out of maybe that top spot. So, hey, and, and I mean, you have Carl Gunnarsson as your coming off the uh, out of the press box yeah, guy, not a bad guy, not a, not a bad player to be coming out of there. So, St. Louis Blues look like they'll be back in the playoffs to me. Uh, the only way that they miss the playoffs is if there's a slew of injuries or their goaltending is even worse than it was last year. Yeah, that's the key for me is goaltending with this team. Yep. Okay, uh, now let's see. Are, are number one and number two the Ooh. same or different? Who do you have at number one? Winnipeg. So do I. All right, the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets at number two, the Nashville Predators. What was your reasoning for the swap? Because this last year they finished the opposite. Nashville was first, Winnipeg yep. second. Uh, what brings you to the conclusion that uh, there will be a little bit of a switch? To me, it was goaltending. Um, I, I think you look at the emergence of a Connor Hollebuck, how he is sort of, I mean, is he going to have the same great Vesna-like season that he did last year? Potentially. I mean, he really could. He set the record for most wins by an American goaltender last yeah, year. Yeah. And he'll, yeah, he's a great goaltender. Yeah, sure. he'll come pretty close to it this year. Pecorine did not look good in the playoffs. Um, he had his Vesna season, but I think we're going to see it closer to the playoff Rene than we did, than we will the regular season Rene of last year. Um, now, you know, Saros, I think, fantastic backup. He'll come in and he'll push for some time. But Rene, too, is also in a contract year. So does that push him to play a little better so he can get paid, stay in Nashville a little bit longer, or maybe even go somewhere else as a free agent? Who knows? Um, but to me, again, I think when you look at the top six of both of these teams, too, outside of goaltending was the other big, you know, coin flip to me. I would much rather take a Patrick Line over a Philip Forsberg or you know, sure. a Blake Wheeler over a Victor Arvidsson. So, um, you know, or, yeah, or like an, a, a Mark Shifley over a Kyle Connor or, you know, that's there's just Winnipeg's top six is dominant. Yeah. And Nikola, Nikolai Ehlers over someone like Kevin Fiala. Exactly. It's no knock on Fiala, but I, I do think that Winnipeg has a higher top end top six. However, however, Nashville's bottom six to me, is probably a little better. Uh, not by much, but I do think that they, they do have the edge in terms of depth through their forward lineup. Okay. Uh, but defensively as well, Nashville does have the edge. I yeah, do like I'll that Dan Hamuse signing. Yeah. Not not a bad little uh, No, little that's going to be – I think that's going to prove to be the best value signing of the, the offseason. Okay. So – but the, another good question, too, you know, for me with Winnipeg is who's going to play that second-line center spot? You know, are they going to put Brian Little back there? Matthew Perot, is he going to step up? Or are we going to see somebody younger, you know, come in and take the reins? I don't know. So Yeah, and I think that this is a team that they'll look for 
you know, th- this is a great team that could trade for Eric Stahl. Yeah. You know, a team that could. someone like that could fit in well with this organization, bring in another rental kind of player at the deadline. Uh, when I look at this team and I look at, you know, Blake Wheeler's, he's, he's, he'll be 33 by the end of the year. He's 32 right now. Uh, I mean, th- their window is, they're going to have a long window. I mean, Buffalo, he will turn 34 this year. Yeah. Um, but overall, this team isn't, you know, they're not in danger of their window closing anytime soon. But you probably want to try winning while Blake Wheeler is in this MVP place. Right. He's, he's 32, not going to stay so. there for <laughs> that long, would be my guess. Yeah, he's got so. three solid years left in him, I think. But um, the other big question, too, is for this team on defense, right? You still have this issue. Uh, you know, with Jacob Truba, who they've been trying to get him locked up long term, but he doesn't really want to stay. And because he was a restricted free agent, he doesn't really have a choice, basically. Um, I've heard that this team is going to see how Tyler Myers' health is, how he does. And then if they like him, they're going to sign him long term and ditch Truba and trade him off to get some value. So maybe you know, there's where you get your second line center. And Truba has, but but then what about your defense? Right. Well, I mean, I, I, they have good Venturia, pieces. Venturia, Dmitry Kulikov. I like Morrissey. I think he can definitely step sure. up into that second. But Morrissey's you know. already playing with Truba. Yeah. So then you've got Bufflin and Myers, and then you got to fill in that other spot. Yeah, I, I think you split up because you got Myers and Bufflin. They're both righties. I think you can split one of them up into Truba's spot, basically, and keep Morrissey up there and give him more minutes on that top line. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, you bring up a guy like Joe Morrow to play in your bottom six. Yeah, you know. yeah. I just, I, I don't see this team dealing Truba. Okay. Especially not for a center because... There, I, I just when I look at this top four, I mean, you're going to win with defense in this, especially in this division. Sure, you're going to go head to head with Nashville. You need to be able to go head to head from the defensive point of view, and uh, and as well, you know, you look down that division, St. Louis, mm-hmm. another powerful top four. I don't think without Truba, this team is uh, in the position that they're in. He's been, and he's gotten better every year. So yeah, that, he has. That's, uh, it's another big thing. And really, these rumors have been hanging over his head for the last three or four years. Yeah. I mean, I remember a time where it was going to be, you know, maybe we trade Jacob Truba for Nazem Kadri. And that was okay. before, you know, that was before Babcock. All right. Wow. In Toronto. So I, I think that, you know, rumors are rumors are rumors are rumors. And Truba is signing one-year deals maybe because, yeah, maybe he does want to leave. But he's an RFA at the end of this year, too. So... Yeah, he doesn't have much much of a choice. No, I don't know why teams don't utilize the ability to go and give an offer sheet to a player. I don't either. I don't, it's I, it's absolutely asinine. I I and think I, there's some unwritten or like, don't care. That's yeah. stupid. I, that is stupid. This is 2018. We do not have the old boys code no. the same way that we used to, and and it is to me. And I'll say this about like the Leafs with William Nylander. Mm-hmm. There are thirty-one general or thirty general managers in the league mm-hmm. who are cowards, yeah. unwilling to. I mean, is Nylander worth nine and a half million right now? No, but what if you paid him? What if you gave him a nine million? What about eight. I mean, Toronto sure. doesn't want to give him eight. Seven times eight. And then do the Leafs go, okay, well, we'll have to give them up because of that. And then all of a sudden, hey, yeah, I mean, sure, you're giving up three, four first-round draft picks. But if you're a really good team, it's not going to really matter much. You can figure out a way to recoup some of those assets a different way. William Nylander is a a borderline franchise type of player. He He's is. not, not quite that, that like 
you know, a Matthews or a Tavares or a Marner, but he's he's right there. And really, in terms of production, he's been as good as Marner. Yeah, and so, well, okay, so here's a scenario for you. If you're the Colorado Avalanche, a team that literally has, the cap, they have $12 million in cap space, and they could be one really good player away from being, you know, a, you know, a, a no-brainer playoff team. William Nylander would seal it up for you real I quick. Wouldn't, I mean, I would... I would do it to a team just to screw them over. Honestly, I'd be like, this is what's going to need to happen. Yeah. I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to force you. Either you're going to give me a great player or I'm going to screw you so that you're going to have to sign him now to that. And then you're really screwed when it comes to signing Marner and Matthews. You're going to have to figure out who you're going to move at that point. So, I mean, I, I still think they'd try to move Nylander. They would match and then they would, you know, probably trade Nylander eventually anyways, but I think you could really mess with some teams yeah. if you took advantage of those things. I don't know why no one has. I mean, the, yeah, the fear of retribution, I guess, right. is real. I'm going to go do this to you next season. But you know what? Let's think of the times that it's happened. Vancouver did it to Philadelphia mm-hmm. with, uh, with Ryan Kessler. Yep. Did Philadelphia ever get their revenge on Vancouver? No. No, no, nothing happened. Nobody went after anybody. Right? Uh, who was it that uh, Edmonton it was, with Dustin Penner? It was Dustin Penner? Yep. From Anaheim. Did, it, did anything happen? No. Nope. No. Anaheim just got Ryan Burke Chris said he Barnum. was going to come back and yeah, whatever. Like, who cares? Could because because once you separate yourself from an event, you can't just go. Oh, we're going to hurt ourselves to hurt another team. It's right. not going to fly. So I mean, think about in terms of your city. Let's let's say Ken Holland. Let's say Ken Holland was like, you okay. know what? He, he doesn't have any cap space, so he can't no. do it. But he said, I'm going to do this. I have the cap space. People around this this town, we live in Detroit, if you didn't know, people would go nuts. Absolutely. And people would be like, wow, Ken Holland finally grew, like, grew up He's here. finally taken yeah. some steps to make this team better. And it would really give him some extra public... Thank you very much, Mr. Holland. You're finally starting to do your job and take advantage of the loopholes that you've taken advantage of before. And so I think that there is a, there is some GM out there who someday will go, screw all you guys. I don't care. And think about it too. What are you going to not trade with me? Because you're that petty? Who cares? Yeah. And teams have the ability to go 10% over the cap before I think it's October 3rd or something or 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. Not that they would want to, but I mean... If you think about it from Detroit, for example, like you said, I would be more than happy to see Holland trade off Nyquist and dump his five mil so that we could bring in a guy like hey. Willie Nylander. I mean, hey. hello. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else to add to the central division rankings that were practically identical other than the bottom two teams? Yeah. Um, interested to see how this plays out because there are, like we said, you know, Dallas, Colorado, there are teams in there that are like one key injury or just one guy having a good season away from really changing the fortunes one way or the other. So uh, interested to see how it plays out this season. I'm really hoping, excited to see the battle between Nashville and Winnipeg for that top spot again. Between Nashville and Winnipeg, which team is the most likely to miss the playoffs? To miss. Ooh. What And what needs to happen for I, one of those teams to okay. miss the playoffs? I would probably say Nashville is more likely to miss the playoffs hmm. only because... They have the aging goaltender, but they struggle to score more than oh, Winnipeg you said the does. The Asian goaltender. The Asian. Like, oh, it's <laughs> he's not Asian, but no, no, no. Um, yeah, because they struggle to score goals more than Winnipeg, and in a league that's now you know leaning towards speed and goal scoring over defense, 
I think they could miss out because of that. And we saw it with, you know, um, you know, we saw the opposite with the Islanders last year because they couldn't keep the puck out. But when you can't put the puck in the net like Detroit couldn't last year, you have a hard time getting in. You know, I, I'm going to say the op. I'm going to say that Winnipeg, okay, is actually far more likely to miss the playoffs than Nashville. And why is that? Because Nashville's top six defensively is mm-hmm. is very very good. Their top four is probably the best in the NHL. I won't disagree with and you. And Nat or Winnipeg though. They're really one injury away, and they're Truba only played fifty-five games last year. Buffalo played sixty-nine. Uh, Chariot played fifty-seven. Kulikov sixty-two. They are an injury away from really having some weird lineup issues okay. on defense, and their bottom six, I think, can be really good. I think that they, there are teams in this division with a better bottom six. But also, what happens if, like, this last year, Kyle Connor peaked. He's not scoring. Let's say he that's not really him, and he's he's more like a 25-goal scorer. Sure. Mark Shifley is really more like a 75-point guy. And Blake Wheeler is really more like a 65-point a guy. And Patrick Laine is really more like a 35-40 a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, everyone kind of regresses back to the mean yeah. a little bit. Does this team take a big enough step backwards to where they're suddenly on the bubble and an injury or two plops them out and people go, wow, what happened? It was you had such a great year the year before. What's going on? Was it just kind of a fluky, nice year? And, you know, well, I, to me, it's it, it's goaltending. And I have a lot more faith in Connor than I do in Pekka okay. right now. So. Okay, and I'd say that Pekka has risen to the occasion every time people have sure. felt that way about him. Well, we'll find out if Connor can do it again. So, and I, I think that Connor will do it again. I, I think he will. I mean, I, there's no reason to believe that he won't be a a, a top ten top goaltender, top fifteen goal. Like all, all you need to be is a top ten, yeah. top ten, top fifteen goalie, and you're no. I mean, people will go, ah, oh, he's kind of not as good as he was last year. But the difference between being Top three to top ten mm-hmm. is a couple, a half a percentage point. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it's a very small, uh, small margin of error. But okay, so uh, that's we have Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas. I have Chicago, Minnesota. You have Minnesota, Chicago. We shall see what happens, and uh, you know, let us know what you think about our our ratings. And also, if you're listening to the show. Uh, before October the 2nd, we are doing fantasy hockey, and we do have spots available still in the league. So all you have to do, we're on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. Tweet at us, DM us, just slide into our DMs, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let us know you want to play, and we'll hook you up. We're yeah. playing on uh, Yahoo yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, so. you can search it on Yahoo, Overtime Hockey Talk. There you go. There's the league right there. Is there a password? There is no password, but you have to get permission from the commissioner oh, right so now. so you're just going to hit it. So, okay, yeah. there you go. You can do that as well, or we can just send you a link. But either way, we'd love to have you play uh, fantasy hockey with us this this year, and uh, we're we're gonna have some we're gonna have some fun with with the draft and with uh, with fantasy during the year a little more than we did last year. Yeah, we're gonna focus on it a little bit more. So, uh, join stay the league. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get you on the show. Would love that. So, yep, we will talk to you very soon. Have a good uh, good week, guys. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a good one.